Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, your home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to be a successful foreclosure acquisition specialist. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hello, 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 and welcome once again to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. This is your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are recording here in the Creative Density Studios in downtown Denver, Colorado, and I have here my producer, co-host, and main man, Mr. Jonathan Winston. Make some noise, Jay. Hey, what's going on? Glad to be here, guys. Glad to have a good week. Hell of a week. Hell of a week. Hey, we're wrapping up the year here. We hope you had an incredible 2019. Um, We appreciate, once again, just want to say thank you, because it's been the first year of the show, um, and a lot of great feedback. A lot of people have come up and asked for more information. We want to keep that momentum going. You know, the idea behind this show is to entertain, first and foremost. Let's face it, a lot of podcasts out there that are just straight boring. Like, just... All in boring. Droning and droning on. And I'm like, dude, why did I click on this? Right. Give me my So I invested back. in annuities and the bonds went up by 2.2%. Oh my God, bonds. <laughs> Get my eardrums out. Oh my God. So we want to be entertaining and also informative. We want to keep you in tune with what's going on with the real estate market specifically, because I know there's a lot of real estate podcasts out there, but specifically how the foreclosure market is impacting the real estate market. And as we like to do, so you don't just think it's me spouting off of the mouth here, we try to go get a national article, something that kind of identifies what we're talking about in the foreclosure marketplace. Obviously, the media is always going to have their spin on it, but we find the articles that make sense. The one I found was from DS News, which is a homepage of the servicing industry, so people who service mortgage loans. And they say, confidence and stability coming to housing market. So I guess the House of Representatives just passed a spending package that will fund the federal government throughout 2020. So basically... They just gave the government a blank check. You guys are good through 2020. Buy whatever you want. I don't know about that, man. man I want a funding package, man, because that, that's hot. Like, that seriously. Does, I mean, that sounds good for me. I don't know about Well, never mind, never mind. What if you got your income, like on 2019, they told you, here's how much you have to spend for 2020 every year? Would that be incredible? We're pretty smooth. That's our federal government. Here's the problem. It's not their money. They're out there spending money. They gave the House of Representatives funding the Republican Party. But what they're saying is this funding package is going to make the housing market confident and stable throughout 2020. And, man, I hope they're right. Because I got to tell you, I love the idea of confident and stable. Because as long as there's some great deals in the marketplace, we don't want an entire foreclosure crisis like we saw in 08, 09, okay? I'm not looking for ruin and disaster on this show. I know some people are like, man, you're really excited about foreclosures. Now, listen, the more the merrier, okay? But if the market slacks too far the other way, that's super bad too. 
right? If you have all the market being dictated by foreclosures, like we saw in about 08, 09, you're talking 30, 40% of them were bank-owned homes. That's a bad thing, okay? I'm not looking forward to that at all. But a little more balance where housing prices aren't running unchecked like they are right now would be appreciated. And that's going to come from confidence and stability because a stable market has both a top end of high retail homes, okay. right? And a low end of entry level needs work homes, right? Right now we've got a ton of those high retail homes. You can find the white picket fence, perfect houses everywhere at prices, especially right here in the Denver market that are astoundingly high. Right? The price per square foot is well past 200 bucks a square foot right now in most markets here, in most neighborhoods here in Denver, okay? which is insane. If you head to downtown, you get to 300, 400, even I've seen houses at 1,000 bucks a square foot. Now in New York, that kind of makes sense. But in Denver, oh, whew, no, man. you know, I picked a great time to move here. You sure did. Good timing, my man. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> but what a great place to live now that you're here. Yeah, it is pretty smooth. I can't complain. I right? can't complain. So what they're saying is confidence and stability. And I think, I think they're saying we're going to see a bit of a correction. right? Because I think a lot of the lack of confidence in the market is from housing prices that have gone too high. I can't tell you how many buyers I talk to now are like, I really want to buy, but it's so expensive. Only thing I can think of is it's going to go down. And if you're thinking that way, you're a smart consumer. Right? There's a reality to buying at the very tippy top of any market is just not super smart. So if we could get some confidence and stability where people are not afraid to enter the real estate market because the pricing has stabilized a bit, I think that's a win. You know, So I, I check out the article. We're going to post it to the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast page so you can check it out there. But, hey, in general, guys, I think we, we are going to see that in 2020. And as a result, if there ever was a great time to buy a house in a still gradually appreciating market, the time is right now. And you should buy a house below market, fix it up a bit, and then decide whether to sell it or to stay in it until the market starts to correct the other way. You know, But don't sit on the sidelines. Don't be a renter if you don't have to. Right? Don't worry because they're saying, right? I mean, the internet doesn't lie. They're saying confidence and stability is coming to the market. So if you were feeling lack of confidence, I encourage you to jump in right now. And in all seriousness, guys, here's the thing no matter what the market is doing, there's deals everywhere, right? It's more of a mindset thing. And we're going to talk a lot about mindset today. This show is going to be going over mindset because if you listen to my, uh, my fine British voiceover actress in the Oprah, she says we talk about the mindset, the methodology, and the tools of foreclosure investing, we want to go over mindset today. Because doing one deal, I was in a, a taxi cab in New York, and this guy is talking to me. He had done a deal. You know, he, he bought a house in, in Brooklyn, New York, where we're both from. And, you know, he had fixed it up. It was kind of painful, but he ended up making $100,000. I was like, that's awesome. Did you go do another one? He's like, heck no, I would never go through that again. It's like, wait. But you made $100,000. You know, like it seems like you did all right. You know, if you can do it once, you could probably do it again. That's what I would think. That's my mindset. But the reality is, I, I had a lot of people who are first time and last time investors at the same time. Right. So, how do you keep yourself focused on continuing the path of sustainable income production from foreclosure investing? How do you do that? Right. Number one, I would tell you, your real estate agent matters so much. I know I'm a real estate agent, so it seems like I'm tooting my own horn, but your advisor, your trusted financial advisor is as important as your stockbroker, your retirement planner. Right. And unfortunately, because the market's doing so well, everybody and their mother and their aunt and even their dog right now is applying for a real estate license. Okay. We have nearly doubled in total real estate agent 
population in the past five years, nearly doubled. And as a result, most of them have not been through any sort of economic bump. Right, Most of them have seen the market go up, 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 up. So they're advising you as a person whose experience allows them to advise you on an up market. Okay, This is not me knocking real estate agents. It's knocking inexperience in any category. Right, So the first step in you maintaining some stability in your foreclosure investing career is going to be to make sure you're finding an agent that understands the foreclosure marketplace. And as easy as that sounds, it's not as easy. It just isn't. There's just most agents have not been through a down market. And again, not to knock rookies, those of you out there who just got your licenses, welcome. You know, the more the merrier. I truly do believe that. But... A lot, of, a lot of you have not gotten experience in that area just yet, so it's very tough, and you shouldn't ethically be advising people on foreclosure purchasing if you've never, ever, ever represented anybody in a foreclosure, right? In my heyday, my second year as a licensee, I did 60 transactions of which 90% were foreclosure properties. Why? Because I got my license after I was a real estate investor for several years. So my mindset was already of buy a deal, not a house, and I was scouring the market for deals right out of the gate. But I had very distinctively different training than most real estate agents out there, okay? So if you're going to build a sustainable growth model than foreclosure investing, one of the first steps is finding a real estate agent, your representative, who's going to kind of key you in as to what the market trends are. Not what's happening right now, because generally what's happening right now is not relevant, but rather what has happened in the last six to nine months in that area, and what we're predicting is going to happen. Now, there's a reality, too. Nobody's crystal balls is 100% accurate. We're all kind of guessing. We don't know what's going to happen. But if you haven't seen any market cycles, much like a stockbroker who is doing their first trade, if you don't know how the oil and gas market moves or how the, uh, you know, if you're a commodities trader doing pork bellies or whatever, if you've never done that before, you're probably not well-versed on explaining how that's going to work, okay? I am proud to say that myself and anybody I have on my team has gotten substantially more training on market analysis, right, than anybody else in the marketplace. We we represent the top 1% of agents who are really focused on the market analysis side because most agents are simply looking to, you come in, you want a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,500-square-foot house, they want to put that in the MLS and find you those houses, and then you get to pick the prettiest one out of the group, okay? Right. That is 90% of agent training. And again, it's worked great. We call it retail, okay? And the retail market needs to exist. We're, we're, we're dependent on the retail market because not all of us can buy deals. It's just, that's fact. If we don't have somebody buying at the top of the market, the bottom of the market will be all of it, and then we'll all go, it'll all go down in general, right? So we need that retail segment. But you, the listener of this show, are here because you want to buy something different. You're looking to buy a great deal in the marketplace, and to do that, you got to find somebody who's focused on finding deals, and that's sort of their job. That's what we do full-time is we just buy deals. We don't turn away retail buyers by any means. However, even on retail buyers, somebody who thinks they're buying their forever home, we explain to them that it's so important to plan ahead and know that one day you may want to get out of this house, right? And on that day, make sure you have enough equity to sustain yourself. So again, number one, get the right real estate agent that's super important. That's It's a mindset that's going to make a, a bunch of difference in your future. I mean, a lot of people get into investing who, who underestimate the importance of that agent and be, are both first-time and last-time real estate investors because they made a bad choice there, okay? Number two, removing the stress requires understanding and have a very significant game plan. Right? You can't just go into this going, we're going to fix this thing up. 
If you listen to the very first show, the pilot episode of the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast, I told a hilarious story about my first flip and how the planning was two guys who knew nothing about anything related to construction who <laughs> bought a foreclosure and managed to trip, fall, and land on a profit. Okay? Don't do that. Don't follow my path in that area. You can plan ahead. You should have a general understanding of what it's going to cost to fix up the house. We never hit the number exactly, but over the years, we've been able to estimate better. So construction estimation is important. And of course, you're not going to master that on the first rodeo. So it comes back into if your agent as a foreclosure specialist, they've probably done a couple of these, they could be a great asset for that. Next up would be the general contractor, but I got to tell you, GCs kill more deals than they create. I'll tell you that for certain, okay? Because they have a profit margin as well, and they're looking to maximize their return on it. And although they know they can do the job for 200, if they can talk you into paying 800 for it, they're going to charge you 800 bucks for it. And that doesn't seem like a big deal on one job, but each project you have has 50 or 60 different jobs that probably got to get done. Right? And if all of them are 500 above market or what you should have paid for it, you're going to find yourself overpaying the general contractor and not making money. So to maintain your long-term profitability, one of the mindset pieces is you've got to understand what stuff actually costs to fix. Right? And I obviously don't have a construction background. I've been at this for 15 years. I still don't have a construction background. But I can generally tell you what stuff should cost to fix. And so when I get a ridiculous quote, and every GC tries to aim high on me because that's just how it is, right? Yeah, I can do this for 30 grand. And I'm going to get it done for seven. You know, thanks for coming in. Until the door hits you on the way out. Oh, uh, wait, wait. I, maybe we could. I was thinking 75. Seven, 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 what? Maybe less than what I said before? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you got to understand that. And that'll keep you consistently profitable. But when you're in the thick of a foreclosure, or you're flipping a house, whether you bought it for yourself or you bought it as an investment property, somewhere in there, that self-doubt's going to kick in. I promise. I, I promise. Somewhere in there, you're going to feel like, this is overwhelming. I can't do this. This is too much. I got myself in. And at those times, I want you to know that nobody makes money on every single deal they do in foreclosure investing. If you are hiring a real estate agent who claims to be an investment expert, the next question out of your mouth should be, how many houses have you done yourself? If the answer is none, but I watch a lot of Than Merrill at A&E's Flip This House. I love you, Than. I'm not talking crap at all. But if that's their experience background, then you got the wrong agent. Like, like, period. Like, you really want somebody who gets this. If you can't find an agent's experience in investing, that's okay. But understand that this is a, as much a mental game as it is a financial one. Again, using the stockbroker analogy, you know, the market goes up, the market goes down. You win some, you lose some. You kind of got to have that killer-be-killed mentality where it's, yeah, this goes bad. This is still what I want to do for a living, you know? Right. Like, I'm not going to – all I really know is real estate. So I don't know – what would happen if I had to go take on a different career? I, I'm a pretty smart guy, I think. I could probably figure it out. But I'm not looking at this as, you know, in the good markets, I'm going to stay in and, and capitalize. In the bad markets, I'm going to go work at McDonald's and figure it out. You know, I'm not orchestrating my life off of that. I, this is what I do for a living. So if you're resolving to do this for a living, and a lot of you investors out there come to me and go, this is what I want to do with my life, then you got us all got to resolve. You have good years, you have bad years. You know, I've had some stellar years. And then, you know, some of the years of going through my divorce, in addition to, you know, the financial woes of a divorce, the market wasn't great during that time. So I got cremated, you know, and I could have gotten out. I thought about getting out. 
in, in recent years, moving to new marketplaces that I didn't understand. When we first moved from Colorado Springs to Denver. There's a lot about this local market I didn't quite get out of the gate. There's a learning process. So we did a couple of deals that were a little sketch, you know, didn't pay off like we thought we, they would, and you got to move forward. My, my point in all of this is this is a, a way of life. Right, and, and I think anybody who's super successful at anything, my parents were both ex-military. Thank you very much to those of you out there who served in the military force. But the majority of you that I've talked to are lifers, right? And as lifers, this is what you want to do. You want to serve your country. Whether that means wartime or peacetime or parked behind a desk, you know, that this is what you want to do. Well, you got to feel that way about real estate investing as well. Right? If you're going to maintain a sustainable long-term growth business, you have to be in it for the long haul. right? And flipping is a large part of my business, but I suffer from buy and hold-itis, meaning the idea of keeping a property, although I know I need to do it more often than I do, it's hard for me because I love the sex appeal, if you will, of buying a house and selling at a profit. I just, I just love that process. Right. But that's a cycle thing. Right. Sometimes buying and holding makes sense. Sometimes flipping makes sense. If you're going to build a long-term business, you've got to be able to handle the emotional controls that come with, this is what I'm going to do on this house, regardless of the back-end profit margin. This is what I'm going to do on this house, et cetera, and be able to look at all this as a business, not just a fun hobby to tell your friends about at parties in the evening. Right. So it, the takeaway from all of this, guys, is you, know, you get the right agent, have a solid plan of what you're going to do to remodel the property before you get started, okay? Because I can tell you that you get into it, and it's like, oh, uh, well, you know, it's only about $1,000 more to go from Formica to Granite countertops. Maybe we should do that. Sure, but was that the plan, you know? It's only a little bit, like, recently I got a new fridge in my place. I got that uh, Samsung fridge with the, uh, the built-in TV. Oh, what? Yeah, it's hot. Man, I gotta, I gotta come over, man. I'm yeah, trying man, to watch some. I'm trying to watch some uh, yeah. basketball on the refrigerator. I mean, you can quick. just watch the TV, which is right next to it. But this is super hot, right? Uh, okay. I guess. <laughs> but the reason it happened is because I wanted to put stainless steel appliances in one of our flips. I'm looking at the fridge in my own house. I'm going, this will fit nicely in the house we just did. So now I can go buy a new fridge. Uh, all right. Right. I didn't deviate from the plan. I just add a little Donnie to it. <laughs> right. Still did stainless steel appliances. Still stayed at the same price level and basically paid myself to purchase a fridge from myself to put into the property that we're flipping right now. I get a cool new fridge with a TV built into it for reasons I can't even really explain to y'all. And uh, the house gets the desired stainless steel appliances, keeping it within line with the market that it's, that it's at. If you don't have a solid plan, you're going to be tempted to over-improve or even under-improve the property, and that's going to leave you either sitting on market too long, in the case of under-improving, or being so high in to the property with the rehab that it sits too long because you got to put a high price on it just to get your money back out, right? you got to find that happy meeting that comes from a good plan. And understand the ebb and flow of the market. This is an up and down kind of situation. It is definitely a winter seasonal market. That means days on market tend to be a little bit longer, and that's tough. But you have to have the mindset, this is your business, this is your livelihood. And even if it's your home, add all those things in, okay? Because it is still your business, it's still your livelihood. If you bought a foreclosure to live in as a primary residence, good for you, by the way, because um, you set yourself up financially for a good future, but also you still got to treat it like a business, right? So you're improving it as much as your home as you are as what is the next guy going to want when I sell this property and make a profit on it on the back end. So we want to cover the mindset pieces because the logistics of doing a flip, buy low, sell high, are not that hard. 
You know, like at the end of the day, if you're buying below market and you're selling at market, you're probably going to do okay. But if you understand how to do this on a sustainable growth, you won't be like my taxi cab driver in New York, who even though he made money on it, was so burnt out on the overall process, he didn't want to do it again. Right? And I don't want to put you in that situation. So if you're looking to buy your first foreclosure or your 50th, reach out to me. Find me out there on LinkedIn, Donnie Coram, C-O-R-A-M. Join the foreclosure deals coach page on Facebook. Ask away. Ask the questions. We want to be informative here. Why? Because I'm a nice guy? Yeah, kind of. But mostly because we know that if we can get some great knowledge out there, about the foreclosure market buying place, we can help keep the market all that more stable by taking those below market assets off the market and selling them at the top of the market, thus making money doing that, right? It's kind of an everybody helps everybody situation. So with that, we are out of time for this week's episode. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We appreciate all the wonderful comments and letters. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, just it, It's nice to know that people are out there listening and enjoying the show. So hopefully there's a topic if you'd like us to cover uh, Reach out on LinkedIn, uh, reach out on the Foreclosure Deals Coach page. We'll try to get it on the show as soon as possible. We really do want to serve the public out there and bring you guys some great information about the foreclosure market. We are out of time today, so we want to end like we always end by thanking you for listening and reminding you once again, don't buy a house, buy Buy a a deal. deal. Before you got here, only God can judge me, so I'm gone. Either love me or leave me alone.